Brooks with Aaron, Polly, Tim, Wayne, and Andrew. Woo! I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. This is Tim. And this is Andrew. Episode 99, my friends. Say goodbye to double digits. Hell. Well, yeah, because we're going to restart at one next week, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we're going to do that in September. Yeah, so we have to wait for that. And we'll have yeah. 52 different podcast episodes, all numbered at issue one. You see, Paul, it's all about synergy. <laughs> we gotta. We, we could even say we're officially sponsored by DC, just like we're officially sponsored by Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> because by official, we mean not actually at all. Well, and, yeah. and our big event, as sponsored by DC, will be Taint Point. No, no. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Let, it die. Let it die. I'll be the creative team on Schism Cast number one. Sigh. <laughs> uh, Speaking of the relaunch that Tim doesn't want to talk about, but we're going to talk about it anyway. So, all 52 titles were announced this week on the, uh, the, the DC relaunch in September. I am going to spend so much money in September. I. I, I was looking at my list. Now, it, it dwindles every day. <laughs> but um, As far as what you're going to pick up? <laughs> yeah, well, primarily, I, I added that uh, Frankenstein <clears throat> book. Yeah. A Frankenstein Agent of Shade book. Uh, but then I read the Frankenstein book this week that was by the same creative team, and so I'm dropping that. But I'm still picking up 23 of the 52 first issues. Wow. I'm just that's about first 10 more than me. Shot. That's a whole lot, Paul. And that's not including the Green Lantern books that I'm on the fence on. So that's 23 at three bucks a pop, plus whatever else you're buying that month. Moneybags, Paul. I've got 13 definites and six maybes. And then everything else, there's no way I'm touching. I don't know. I mean, I, I think, think there's, I, I think there's enough interest in some of these titles for me to pick up the first issue i mean stuff that i wouldn't normally pick up i am going to pick up aquaman number one and you know green arrow number one and deathstroke number one but you know some of these other ones like i mean there are some titles in there like seriously they thought people would buy resurrection man that's on my maybe list <laughs> um, I mean, they think people would buy hawk and dove by rob well, I mean, Resur- resurrection hey, hey. man is abnett and lanning the concept's always been interesting to me, but I've never gotten into the book before. So with them as a creative team, it's strongly in my maybe. Hawk and Dove's on my maybe list. Come on. Is this, oh, my God. What, how about Legion? No, because that's Fabian Nicieza. Um Animal Man number one? <laughs> that's on my maybe list. Jeez. <laughs> I always like the character. Uh, Mr. Terrific. Can, is that one we can agree on? That's a definite no. Nope. There you go. Aaron's about to say, well, who's, who's the creative team? I like Mr. Terrific. No, actually, I hate Mr. Terrific. but I hate the new design for him, too. Yeah, he's a great supporting character, but sometimes you got to realize a supporting character can be good as a supporting character, but not hold the main title. Now, I'm actually rather excited about uh, an ongoing Static Shock book, and this one's going to be written by John Rosen with art by Scott Daniel. And I love Scott Daniel over on Nightwing. And John Rosen, we're getting a big kick out of on Zombie, so I'm, I'm down for Static Shock. I do notice Zombie isn't in the solicits, though. It's that as well. But, you know, I mean, does that really surprise you? I think you and I are the only two people in the world reading it, Paul. <laughs> well, you guys, talked, uh, you guys talked last episode about how it's probably going to be an eight-issue run and out. Yeah, and I, I fully expect that's going to be the case. 
Eight is the magic number for Aaron reading uh, number one issues. So. Yeah, why don't you talk to me about your <laughs> Damian Wayne character there, Tim? <laughs> hey, he's still going to be there post-relaunch. Just saying. <laughs> he's not getting his own title like Batwing number one. But, oh, you know, what, is, what is up with that? my ass. <laughs> you know, what I was surprised by was all the uh, the Wildstorm stuff on here. Grifter, Stormwatch. All of that. I wasn't expecting that to be on their number one relaunch. I'm hoping they're not trying to integrate that into the DC universe too. Exactly what they're doing. Yeah, because uh, Martian Manhunt is in Stormwatch. Yeah, and they're bringing the milestone characters into the fully into the continuity. No, I think DC is trying to put everything under one umbrella. I have a hard time picturing Grifter in the DC universe. Well, picture it. <laughs> you yeah, know, speaking, they drew the picture for you. I have a speaking hard time of, picturing like Wildcats, and if you get Grifter, then that Wildcats just comes naturally. Now, I am very excited that George Perez is going to be doing a Superman book. I'm curious about the Superman books. I have a theory about these Superman books. A theory? A theory. Tell us your theory, Paul. So there are four super books, right? There's Action Comics, Superman, The Man of Tomorrow, Supergirl, and Superboy. And uh, Superman, The Man of Tomorrow is the book that's written by George Perez, art by Jesus Marino. But Action Comics number one is written by Grant Morrison with art by Matt Rags Morales. And I have a feeling, just throwing this out there, I have a feeling that Superman, The Man of Tomorrow is set in modern day DC and Action Comics number one is actually set in the past. You know, it's interesting looking at the artwork for the two. The uh, Action Comics looks like a s- stronger, older Superman. Man of Tomorrow looks much younger, and to be honest, I hate the costume they have him in. It looks like he has metal-armored boots, which makes no sense. The belt's a little bit different from what we saw in the cover to Justice League. And there's a few other little lines on the costume that just don't seem right to me. And they don't look like the Justice League you know, art we saw earlier. I, I loved George Perez's work on Action Comics uh, post Crisis. I just, I thought those were beautiful books, and I, I liked his take on the character. Uh, I'm excited to to get a a uh, George Perez Superman again, and you know, of course, there's going to be some change there, and I may or may not like that change, but right now, I'm hopeful for the book. It's the best hope I've had in a long time for a good Superman book. I'll even buy the Grant Morrison action just at least. Now the that's first just going too far, Wayne. You crossed the line. That's right. (laughs) The cover art looks really good for it. I'm going to need you to go sit in the corner (laughs) and think about what you've done. No Graham Morrison in the new place, Wayne. Let me tell you. That's right, man. What do you guys guys think about Harley Quinn's new look on the cover of Suicide Squad? You know, I I like her traditional look, but I have to say I'm I'm a little curious about it. Not curious enough to buy it. Um, Aaron. I'm not. It has you King know, Shark in it. I know, but I, I, I've never been a Suicide Squad fan. I hate her new. I hate her new look, but I'm gonna buy the book just because she's in it. I like her, her new shot. look. Yeah, I'm curious about it. I'm just, you know, it'll probably be one of those things that won't go on my pull, but I'll uh, flip through it at the at the newsstand, and if I like it, I'll grab it. But she, her, her new looks looks like something you'd see on a porn movie. I mean, it doesn't look at all. I functional. like her new look. <laughs> she was, was always. She was always sensual, and now she's going overly slutty. But, you know, with her old outfit, she, that was at least something, you know, you could see jumping around fighting in. But this, uh, man, things are going to start falling out as soon as she does a cartwheel. Yeah, I could see her jumping around fighting in this. Just, just putting that out there. 
that, that Paul has not been quite as excited about the you know new take on the Batman. But I gotta say, I'm really excited to have Dick Grayson back as Nightwing. Mm, me too. I, I, I admit, I'm a little disappointed in that. I am. I, I am dis- horribly disappointed in that. Ugh. And I, I got to say, my, my disappointment comes in the fact that there will be four Bruce Wayne Batman books. I, I like the fact that there's two Bruce Wayne, two Dick Grayson books. Now, four Bruce Wayne Batman books seems a bit excessive. And we don't get any more uh, Dick Grayson, Damian Wayne. But uh, I get my Nightwing back. And really, isn't that what this is all about? I agree. Yeah. I was disappointed I, to see Batgirl back. The uh, I thought she was a much stronger character as Oracle than she ever was as Batgirl. And I think it's a step backwards for the character. Of course, Gail Simone writing it should be incredible, but still. King up Batgirl. Well, that, I'm, I'm that's, ex- one, that's one good thing about the reboot. Made Barbara Gordon walk again. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, do, I do think that... Uh, I mean, I, I get very nostalgic for the Batgirl character. You know, and I've enjoyed some of the, the you know... Like Batgirl Year One, I enjoyed those stories. And, and you know, I like seeing the, those older... Uh, you know, takes on the on the character, but I think Oracle is just such a fantastic character, and I hate that in order to get this new Batgirl ongoing, we have to lose Oracle. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be curious to see how they handle that in the DC universe because you know Oracle has been everybody's you know go to person for data and information. Um, be curious to see how that shakes out. I also hate the new costumes for Supergirl and Superboy. The Supergirl costume, I think the cape looks incredible. Love it. I think the boots look stupid. Care for the I new Superboy? about Superboy. I don't like the new Superboy look. I don't like the new Superboy look at all. All right. So here's the question. Red Robin with wings. I love the new costume. It's the only costume on that cover that I like, though. I don't know about the wings yet. I like everything about the costume but the wings. I don't like characters with wings. It's just a thing I have. He he kind of looks like Darkhawk. I do like Darkhawk. I like Darkhawk, <laughs> but it doesn't. I don't think it works for Red Robin. You'll notice if the if you look at the Batman and Robin cover, I think it was Batman and Robin, where we see the Damian Wayne Robin in the back. His cape is very feathered as well. Mm, this is true. I, I have to say, the book I'm most excited about in the relaunch is Batman. With Scott Snyder writing it and Greg Capullo on art, I, I got to say, out of everything, even more than Justice League, I, that's like my dream Batman team. Because I'm loving what Scott Snyder's doing right now on Detective Comics. I just want a good Superman book, and I don't think we're going to get it. But I want it so bad. He's going to do it. He's going to bring the. He's going to bring the super. That's what's <laughs> going to happen. Wayne, a good Superman book to me, at least, is an oxymoron. <laughs> nice I'm just saying Superman horrible character let's move on Superman I, I got, is a wonderful character he's he's all he's powerful he's been done poorly no it's not he's not even that powerful oh, Martian Manhunter is more powerful I don't believe that at all Martian Manhunter is as strong as fast and can read your mind but fire is much more fire is much tang- more Fire is much more prevalent than uh, kryptonite. Well, that's the trade-off he makes. All right. If you guys continue this conversation, Andrew, you need to go back to your nerd voice. 
<laughs> well, actually, you'll see Martian Manhunter suffers from a severe allergic reaction to fire, which is much more common on our biosphere than uh, kryptonite is. Ah, magic's allergic. Weak to magic. <laughs> you guys all talked on top of each other. I didn't hear either Wayne or Paul. I said magic's more common and Superman's weak to magic. Uh, you're weak to magic. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is weak on magic. <laughs> I'm so uh, glad you brought this subject up again. Andrew, I'm going to give you homework. <laughs> you need to go listen to the Kicked in the Dice Bags episode that I did with Keith Curtis and uh, Almighty Bear about that's, Superman. That's well, yeah, it's about Superman. Yeah, but don't listen to that uh, that audio drama that Wayne told us to listen to. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's the Wayne under the bus cast. <laughs> Notice that Wayne will shout out the Kick in the Dice Bags episode on our show, but does he shout out our show on the Kick in the Dice Bags episode? No, he doesn't. I think I did, actually. I don't believe you did. I think I they did remember. when they said this is Wayne from Fear the Boot and mm, no, it was some just other Fear site that I don't remember the name of. I will admit I, I went back and re-listened to the first few episodes of the uh, the Superman audio drama and it gets really good. But the first episode or two was pretty bad. By episode five, I was hooked again. I listened to the first episode and was like, oh, dear God. But I, I will grant that most podcasts improve over time, ours notwithstanding. <laughs> so, I think I'm most excited about Justice League International, Dan Jurgens. Yeah. Come on, that's going to be... Yeah. Now, now, did, he, did he write the recent series with the JLI members? Was that Yes, he, he wrote the... Uh, uh, gosh, well, suddenly I'm drawing a blank on it. Justice League Generation Lost. Thank you. Mm, I can't wait. But Jurgens is also the artist on Green Arrow, that which even though it's written still written by JT Cruel, who you know we we do like JT Cruel, we didn't care for the Green Arrow that much. I'm still gonna pick it up. I like Dan Jurgens' art, and I may be wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering. I, maybe he maybe uh, Jurgens did not write. Uh, he did not. That was Judd Winnick. I, Thank I you. I didn't think Thank he you. did. Yeah. Sorry. Whoops. My bad. Oh, deleted from the record. Stricken from the record. Now, Wonder Woman. I'm curious what uh, Tim and Wayne have to think of Wonder Woman. I hate my life. <laughs> Tim, you knew that the new Wonder Woman wasn't going to stick around anyway. The storyline is obviously about, you know, the reality being changed and she's going to change it back. So I we were going to lose her anyway. We don't want the original Wonder Woman back. This is a new Wonder Woman we know nothing about that they're going to create. The artwork on the cover is god awful, but the costume looks much more like the Wonder Woman that we are enjoying. Okay, See, I like the artwork on the cover. I, mean, I still believe in Santa Claus, so don't you burst that goddamn bubble for me. <laughs> I, I'm just saying your rage is misplaced because you were already going to lose her, and now you're going to get something new instead of the old that you didn't like. My rage is an eternal fountain. I can splash it around however I need to. <laughs> an okay, eternal fountain. <laughs> No, I will be I'm getting. Get, I'm, yeah, I'm get, That's one of the two I'm getting. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm curious about is you've got Red Hood and the Outlaws. So Red Hood is going to be working with heroes, essentially. You've got Barbara Gordon walking around. Are they taking out everything that Joker ever did to actually hurt Batman at this point? Well, I think they're. Re- it seems like they're resetting it, despite the fact that Batman apparently is going to retain some of his age. Well, and Batman Incorporated. So I, I, I don't. I think some aspects of it may be rebooted. Some, I think there will be some continuity changes, but 
I think in general, a lot of the continuity might still stay. Because yeah, I know I'm, Blackest Night still happened. What I'm curious about is Superman looks so young in Man of Tomorrow. He looks a little bit older in uh, in action. But they talk about him still being the first superhero. They talk about I, him defending a world that doesn't trust their first superhero. Well, and that's why I think Action Comics is set in the past, despite the way the art looks. I think we're probably looking at a 20-something – well, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a problem with the art. I think George Perez – because i got to be honest. George Perez's cover looks more like Superboy Prime than it does like Superman. Superman. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, looking at uh, the Justice League cover as well, he looks very young. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to – I think Superman's probably where the biggest changes are going to come from. I really think they're going to keep most of Batman's continuity intact. I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to make the continuity work with, you know, resetting so many guys to you know very young, while having you know somebody like Batman with as much experience as he has, and those people an- having been involved in that continuity. So I'm going to answer that the same thing the way I did last week, Aaron. You know how it's going to work? Poorly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I say I. I am overly excited. This is the biggest thing that's happened to comics since Crisis on Infinite Earths. And I'm just excited to be collecting while it's happening. As far as what they're going to keep and what they're going to get rid of, I have a strong feeling Batman is going to keep a lot of his continuity. But I'm making my prediction now that you know Barbara Gordon will have never been shot, never been Oracle. That Tim Drake may not have ever even trained with Batman. That he may be entirely disconnected from Batman. Uh, I think Superman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman are probably going to have the biggest reboots out of all of them. Their history is going to be completely and totally scrubbed, while Batman, Flash, and Green Lantern are all going to be pretty similar. I, you know, I, I'm intrigued a little bit by by this relaunch, but I have to say that while it serves as a great jumping on point for some new readers. I think it also serves as a very convenient jumping off point. You know, if like Tim, you know, you have loved, you know, certain characters the way they are and, you know, there's there's a huge change and, you know, some of those characters may be completely unrecognizable. um, This is an opportunity to say, okay, I've ended this line of books. I'm out. Yeah, Yeah, the same could have been. Same could have been said of Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it didn't really work out like that. People, they may have lost some readers at the time, but they gained a lot more than they lost. I think the same thing is going to happen here. Crisis seemed like a lot more, like a much more organic change to me, though. Yeah, I don't believe for a second that this was planned far out. I mean, Grant Morrison's getting a miniseries to finish telling his Batman story, a 12 issue miniseries. If he needs 12 more issues to tell his story, he obviously didn't know this was coming, you know, a month, you know, three months ago, four months ago. Which, you know, and that's weird to me, because if you go back and read Flash One, they are actually they actually have panels from Flashpoint One in Flash One, which that came out, what, eight, ten months ago? Yeah. Oh, I believe Flashpoint's been set up for years. But what I I just don't think that they plan to do the entire universe reboot out of it originally. Oh, okay. And you know, my thing is, is if they were planning on doing this this great big relaunch for as long as they were planning on doing Flashpoint, why haven't they done some bolder moves to 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 end current storylines? You know, why did we waste you know all this time with JMS as Superman? You know, yeah. why how not, many titles not, are we seeing that are going to be two issues in the yeah. the last month just to wrap them up? This was not planned. 
Yeah, I, I think that I, I think that you know Flashpoint was just supposed to be an event. I don't think it was supposed to lead to hey, let's just restart everything. And you know, again, I think there's some. I think the biggest, greatest thing coming out of this is day and date for uh, digital and uh, you know print. But I, the the rest of it, I'm I, you know I think yeah okay maybe it'll you know breathe some new life into the DC. But you know, there's some there's some characters I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss Oracle. I really dug Oracle. I'm going to miss Secret Six. You know that that's a series that's coming to an end. I'm going to miss that. You know, I'm going to miss Stephanie Brown. I won't miss her as Batgirl because that title wasn't any good. But I'm going to miss the character. Yeah. Well, and I agree with Aaron. I think the digital that's the part of this whole thing that I'm actually excited about is the same day digital release. Uh, the uh, the relaunch to me just seems like a way for them to try to generate massive amounts of capital. Yeah, and you know it's it's getting impressed. I mean, you know they've been in variety for a couple of weeks now, and I mean, you know you can see it on our site, you can see it on everybody else's site. Everybody's covering this. They're dominating, you know, two weeks worth of uh, comic book news. And yay on DC! They needed to do something because Marvel has owned them since so, 2002. Marvel's outsold them. Well, and. So th- and they've they've owned the the news cycles as well. I mean, you know, Marvel has really gotten it down to getting mainstream press for their books, and they're beating the shit out of them at the movie theater. Well, and you can say bad things about Joe Casada as editor in chief, but when that guy's on Stephen Colbert every yep. four months talking about Marvel comics, yep, um, yeah. You know, honestly, what I think is going to happen uh, is that there's going to be a lot of jumping off, but I think. You know, once, you know, podcasts like this start talking about newer titles that really get people excited, you know, I I can see, at least for myself, I might might drop a few, but I'm probably going to pick up, you know, one or two anyways, just because, you know, that's how I've got, you know, gotten some of these other books is I've, you know, I've heard how you, what you guys have to say about them. And then I, you know, I'll read them and I'm like, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'll pick that up and then I'll stop worrying about continuity but um, well you know I, I gotta say my brother who uh the only book he reads is darkwing duck for some reason <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's a nostalgia thing it's a <laughs> wonderful Paul's book brother <laughs> takes after you paul <laughs> but he he actually said you know he said you know because he, he used to collect comics things like tomb raider fathom uh, ultimate spider-man um the first volume things like that and he just dropped out, and you know he saw the the you know the relaunch, and he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to pick up some of them. You know, he doesn't know the creative teams, but he's you know, that, how enticing is it? You know that everything is number one. You know, I mean, you can get in on the ground floor with Batman number one, Superman number one, Wonder Woman number one. You know, and and not have to worry about everything that came before. I think that's enticing for people who know the characters but don't want to jump in on you know Batman number seven hundred and thirteen. Yeah, I've had a lot of conversations with people the same way. They've they used to read comic books, but they've gotten out of them, and this is making them want to come back. You know I, what I, th- I think they're going to have an influx of new readers or old readers. You know what I think they ought to do on numbering? I think they ought to have the number. You know, if you're in an arc, you know, a story arc or something, it ought to have the number of the chapter that you're in that story arc, but then in much smaller uh, lettering elsewhere on the cover. Where only those people in the know can find it, it tells you what the actual number of the issue is. Well, one thing I'm optimistic about with this relaunch and all the number ones is that I think we all remember number ones that have not been really number ones. They haven't been new reader friendly. They just stick a one on there, and it's really just a continuation. Like when they did New Avengers. Yeah. 
it's just a continuation of the previous storyline. But with, with this, with the whole reboot of the universe, you know, you would think all those number ones are actually going to be new reader friendly. Well, I think the way DC ought to do this is uh, for their for their digital, they need to have a big ass. You know, this is the war. This is the brand new world, and do that shit free on iTunes. You know, if if you're this is your big your big release. If this is your big push to bring folks in, do it right and give something away, make it a big damn deal on iTunes, which is where most of the world, you know, goes and gets digital media, you know, let them see it and, you know, have like a, a little, you know, 18 page free comic book and let them see how cool that is. Bring them back, bring them into the comics and say, Hey, you can get this on the same day. Absolutely. Go get this. That's what they need to do. I mean, it's oh. cheaper than what they give away on Free Comic Book Day because you're yeah. just giving away digitally 18 pages. I mean, and I'm not saying just an excerpt from an upcoming book. Do something that you know gives you a flavor of the of the world, make it a complete story, you know, but leaves you wanting, ooh, I want to see what else is going to happen in this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I mean, that's what I would do. I would you know put all your guns out there, make this happen, make it real, make it awesome, give stuff away, so that folks go, oh, you get it into their hands, you know. I think DC's going to really do some push behind this. I think there will be a big media push. Well, we did see uh, that uh, yesterday that DC is doing the big world tour. Uh, you know, I know they're going to be here in Dallas uh, going around visiting uh, retailers and whatnot. Yeah, I saw that list too. And it's like, I, I think I might go to uh, Wizard World Chicago this year or Comic-Con Chicago just because I want to see this presentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Lo- I wish they were coming anywhere around here. I would love to go because uh, you know I, I think it would be cool. You, you got you know, you're talking to guys like Dan DiDio and stuff like that, and they're mm-hmm. talking about the relaunch. Very interesting. Well, you know, we were talking earlier about how Marvel has outsold DC for about nine years. So I think there's an there's a, the obvious comparison. They're both doing their big summertime events right now. So so the question is, which of these two things, Flashpoint or Fear itself, is doing better, or that? Do you like better? I can, I can honestly say, I am enjoying Flashpoint a hell of a lot more than I'm enjoying Fear itself. Flashpoint is good. I hate Fear itself. <laughs> okay, can, can you expand on your hate, either Wayne and or Paul, or, or why uh, you like Flashpoint better? If you want to go positive, yeah. you know, who wants to go your, first? Your Wayne, do you want to go first? I'll, I'll go first. Fear itself is going nowhere. It seems pointless. I don't believe there's going to be any side effect other than Captain America coming back. You know, it's Steve Rogers coming back as Captain America. The story is boring. I don't care about any of the the villains they're doing. Flashpoint is actually very interesting. It's had some incredibly well-written books. Even the tie-ins, the ones that I've read, which is very few of the tie-ins, have been very good as well. Just a much more interesting story. Oh, and let's let's ignore tie-ins for the purpose of the discussion, Paul. <laughs> oh, but I, all right, for the I, it's hard to avoid tie-ins for the purpose of the discussion because I feel like I, I've enjoyed about half of the Flashpoint tie-ins I've read, but thus far I've really only enjoyed Journey into Mystery, uh, the Fear itself tie-in, and the Fear itself. If we're just talking specifically on the books themselves, I've enjoyed yeah. issues one and two of Flashpoint a hell of a lot more than I've enjoyed the first three issues of Fear itself. Um, despite the fact that Fear itself is outselling Flashpoint, I do feel that the series has core issues in the writing. I feel there's there's just not any type of emotion there. It's just slam bam action. You had the death of one of the most important characters in the Marvel universe in the last five years. 
and his death was like nothing to me. I mean, you know, it was kind of cool looking, but you shouldn't be thinking that when Captain America's dying. You know, it, it yep. should be a more more emotional scene. I feel. I'll also got- point out that Flashpoint isn't running through all of the DC books. It's Booster Gold is the only title I know of that is specifically a Flashpoint tie-in series. Everything in Marvel over the next couple months is going to be tied into this big Fear Itself event. So since I'm not enjoying Fear Itself, all of the books that I normally read from Marvel that I am enjoying are all going to be affected by this. That's not happening in DC right now. Okay. Uh, so I have something to say about Cap's death, but let's uh, when we get around to me. But Tim, Tim, who, who do you pick in this uh, this race? Who do you got? Okay. Well, I haven't read anything from Flashpoint. So you like Fear so, Itself better? No. <laughs> no it's, it's more like the other way around. And I'll, and I'll be honest, I have a really weak argument, but my argument was Wayne's argument, is that Fear Itself has mucked up Thunderbolts. It has the potential to muck up Avengers Academy, which if it does, it's, it's going to be a in my in my Paul knife drawer, a little part of my soul that they effed up the, like my favorite book. That's so, right. So... <laughs> I and you know I kind of echo Paul. I feel like Fear itself has been this big Michael Bay movie, and I hate Michael Bay movies, so it's not it's not something I'm I'm interested in. I, All I flash, no substance, if you will. Uh, yeah, kind kind of. And then if, as far as Flashpoint goes, I, I haven't read it, so I can't speak to it. But they're keeping it separate from the DC books that I like. So that's a that's a you know. That's a vote for it. So, I mean, if I have to pick, I'll pick Flashpoint, but not because I like Flashpoint. It's because I haven't liked Fear itself. All right. Aaron, well, and, and, and Tim, you should pick up Flashpoint. It's actually it's, – it's really good. But Aaron? Yeah, no. Um, you know, Flashpoint and Fear itself are both very different types of stories. I have to say what I'm – the main thing that I'm enjoying about Fear itself is the artwork. Uh, Stuart Amonin's artwork is stunning on the page. Absolutely loving it. Uh, it's it's epic. He he was absolutely the right choice for that artist uh, to 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 do the art for those books. Um, I enjoyed Flashpoint number one. I enjoyed uh, not Flashpoint. I enjoyed Fear itself number one, and I enjoyed Fear itself number three. Was not such a big fan of Fear itself number two, though. I think it'll probably that concern will disappear collected when you're reading it all as one story, as opposed to month to month and floppies. Um, but. You know, I, I hear the complaints that it's you know just a lot of action, it's a lot of candy on the page. It has the feeling of a summer blockbuster to me, like a Michael Bay film. Um, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of depth there. But still, you know, for what it is, I don't expect a whole lot of depth out of my uh, big summer uh, comic book events, just like I don't expect a lot of depth out of my big summer blockbuster movies. That said, I'm enjoying it. I'm getting a kick out of it. Flashpoint, uh, the, the core title... Uh, has been enjoyable. It's not rocking my world. Um, I, it's saying something that it's enjoyable to me because I wasn't planning on picking it up at all, and it was only because Wayne and Paul went on so much about it that you know I did pick it up. Uh, you know, and it's it's worth my it's worth my money. It, it it's been entertaining. Uh, I'm not sure that you know the uh, tie-ins are working out as well. But certainly we've seen that on Fear Itself as well. So, you know, for, for really for me, it's kind of six one way, half dozen the other. I'm enjoying them both about as much. So that's a push from Aaron. Okay. 
<laughs> so my thoughts on on flashpoint and fear itself uh i mean i think you all all you guys make some really good points and, and some i agree with and some i don't but and it seems like from from listening to the four of you the, the main thing is the style being being different and you're right the style between fear itself and flashpoint is very different i like michael bay films i like fear itself that probably doesn't shouldn't be surprising if you don't like michael bay you're right you're probably not going to like it as much but you know specifically I got to agree with you guys. The crossovers into running series in Fear Itself sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't care for it at all. I'd rather that they just kept it outside of, of ongoing series so we could keep our new Avengers without mucking it up with Fear Itself or our Avengers Academy. Uh, I've deliberately avoided all the tie-ins for Fear Itself, so I really can't speak to any of them. Uh, I've only read one tie-in. I guess two tie-ins uh, on Flashpoint, but I liked them both. I liked Emperor Aquaman. I like booster gold a lot uh, but i do i mean i feel like flashpoint the the core book the two titles has the pacing and again this gets to our core subject i think but the pacing in flashpoint is so slow it just it drags and you have emo flash in the first one going <laughs> oh i don't understand what's going on mom you're alive mommy mommy and he's just such, you know, I expect him to be more decisive. I expect him to be a little bit more on the ball and a little bit more intelligent than saying, all right, let's strap me up to this uh, chair, electrical chair, lightning storm. Good. Volatile chemicals there. But Volatile. that was okay. the best ending ever. Oh, it was a good ending. It was dumb as hell, though. I mean, any <laughs> rational thinking person would be like, it worked once. That was a one in a billion chance. Yeah, let's recreate it. Let's do That's it. That's why it was so wonderful. I'm reading it. I'm like, this is idiotic, and it's going to work. And then you flip the page, and it didn't. But it's very out it's of character so for Barry Allen. I mean, it's it's very out of character for someone like Barry Allen, a hardcore scientist. I mean, I, I would also say that Steve Rogers in the first issue of Fear itself was more emo than Barry Allen in the first issue of Flashpoint. Was well, it the first or and, second are, are, are you talking about? That he was emo. Because I remember him being emo in the second of Fear Itself. When, Whichever when one where he's standing there doing nothing and he's completely indecisive. The second and, one. Yeah, and it's completely out of character for Steve Rogers. Well, yeah, but and, he's only on page for like two two panels in that book. I mean, they show him for, for, I think, two pages. For Flash, it's just page after page after page for the whole book. I mean, the main story is him and his thing. All the other stuff that's going on are just these little bits of, uh, you know, three pages there, four pages there. And so he's on screen a lot more than Steve Rogers ever was. And now, uh, so a couple other things, though, real quick. Let me, let me sum it up. The Cap's, Cap's death? Dude, Paul, where, where'd your heart go, man? I was moved by Cap's death. I mean, he had a chance to fall back and retreat from sin, but he didn't. He took a stand against her and the Nazis and rushed back in there, even though he'd just gotten his ass whooped by her. And then he takes a, uh, a hammer to the heart. Well, after being beaten with his own arm. No, I, yes. I, I gotta say, I, I had more emotion reading Emperor Aquaman than I had reading Fear Itself <laughs> number three. Well, Emperor Aquaman's a good book, but my, I'm my just biggest, saying, my biggest saying problem, you had no feeling about Cap's death. That's harsh. My biggest problem with Fear Itself is that I shouldn't have to be reading tie-ins to understand what all the heroes are doing. You know, because you do kind of go through the, the first issue or two going, what the hell? Why isn't anybody doing anything? Well, and, and you know, based on that stupid interview, that, that does piss me off. Because they said the entire story will be told within the core 
yeah. fear itself. You don't need any of the tie-ins to understand what's going on, and I disagree with that. I don't. Well, think I that's mean, because the question you find yourself asking is, where the hell are the Avengers? Why aren't they doing something about this? Where's the Fantastic Four? Where you know, where's everybody? You know, and of course they're all tied up doing stuff, but you don't really get a sense of that in the core book. I mean, I think both of these of these, you know, the Flashpoint and Fear itself have flaws. I'm enjoying both of them though. I'm enjoying both of them. I'm gonna keep reading both of them. Yeah. But when it came down for me to decide which one I liked better, and and I think this is somewhat funny based on what Aaron said, <laughs> I like the art in Flashpoint better. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I agree. I oh, like wait, the glossy. No, no, no. I gotta disagree. I okay. got. I despite the fact that Flashpoint is my fa- is I think better written and better handled. Stuart Amonin, they need to get that guy on a DC book. <laughs> they need to get that guy on Superman. That guy is awesome. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just because Fair Self has just been a lot of action sequences, but I am enjoying the art, the glossy pages of uh, Flashpoint more. So I actually, I, I got to take Flashpoint over Fear Itself. No, don't get Stuart Amonin on Superman because then I'll never see him again. Yeah, I, Stuart Amonin's just rocking the, rocking the pages of Fear Itself. Just beautiful work there. So all this talk about fear itself and Flashpoint. Uh huh. I mean, clearly, you know, we're we're informed by uh, by those titles because almost all of our books. We have we have a couple of uh, smaller books at the end, but almost all the books we're going to talk about this week are tied into one or the other of those series. I mean, you know, they're 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 picking up sales regardless, uh, including Journey into Mystery, six twenty four, which is a, uh, I guess you know it. It says it's tied into fear itself, but it's so loosely tied into fear itself. Which is probably why I can still read it. Good point. No, I... This is... During Into Mystery, it uh, has been the Loki, the Loki book um, for, what are we on now, three or four issues now, uh, featuring young Loki, and... Um, I think it continues the same trend. I know Paul is going to say he doesn't like the art, which is fine. Cause it's Fuck the same, Paul. Yeah, it's the same kind. I, no, no, no. I, I, I thought the art was a step up in this issue against the previous issue. I will say that. Okay. But I, fe- I feel like like we talked about last time this came out, that it, it, it it's more suiting to the grim fairy tale kind of story that I, I, I think they're trying to, uh, you know, imply when they when they uh, write this book and you know I've loved it this this book has uh, young Loki uh, matching wits with you know two of two of the two of the best of them which is Hela and Mephisto uh-huh. and you know, I mean I don't think he comes out on top but he at least holds his own and I think that was cool I liked that Hela's just really not much on wearing a shirt <laughs> <laughs> that is I think best practices <laughs> took death to make Tyr not a wuss. Uh, yeah, notice that. That was kind of cool. I think my favorite uh, page on this book is the exchange between Loki and Volstag. And uh, Volstag winds up lying to Odin to protect Loki. You know, because you know Odin's about to uh, you know share some of his Skyfather wrath on uh, young Loki because you know Loki helped Thor escape. And, you know, Volstagg says, oh, no, it was me. I told the boy to do it, yada, yada. And so, you know, after Odin says, oh, okay, whatevs, Loki says, but why'd you do that, Volstagg? You hate me. And he says, well, I hate Loki. You have destroyed us all time, uh, time and time over. 
But I have children, Loki, a great prattling, squelching brood who exists to do anything but create smells and trouble and joy. I love them all. And by the eternal droppings of Hugin and Munin, I find myself sentimental about even the worst of you little monsters. And he just crushes Loki to his stomach and hugs him. And the look on Loki's face is just like, ah! <laughs> I just, I love that page. It really does explain. I mean, because I'm sitting there, well, why the hell is Volstag doing this? And he explains it. I, I just, I, it was nice to see the reasoning of the character. When did Hella get a mini me? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering the same thing. What the hell is that? Who's yeah, because a character. I don't have any idea. <laughs> that character wasn't there. Um, you know, because this is. Oh, she was there. I saw her. No, I mean that character wasn't there when uh, Karen Gillan was writing Thor. Right. Oh. Yeah, I don't so, know who I, she I is. I don't know where she came from. It's, and it's like mini me. Well, I think she's going to be a love interest for young Loki. Yeah. Yeah, we need eleven year old love stories. Oh yeah, yeah. you do. Yeah, play a little doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I am enjoying this book. I am really enjoying Journey into Mystery. Uh, you know, I have to say, I am. Um, this week, I got the uh, the Thor, the World Eaters trade paperback, the one written by Matt Fraction. Yeah, Remember the one we, that we all, all jumped off, off of. of? Yeah, yeah, we all jumped off of it, but it was on Thwipster. Look at that rabies. <laughs> and so I thought like it you know, was a he- like it was a hell beast that had rabies, Paul. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and, but you know, I was like, I like the way Matt Fraction's writing Mighty Thor. I like the Loki character that he brought back, and we all dropped it right before the Loki character came back um, in that book. So I was like, let me give it a shot, and maybe it got better. And I'm here to tell you, it does not get better. It actually gets worse. <laughs> that storyline is absolutely horrible, horrendous. One of the worst things I've ever read in the book in the pages of Thor. That being said, it brought Loki back, and I love this character. I love this character. He's one of my favorite characters in the Marvel universe right now. Is the the young Loki? Yeah, I, I'm digging young Loki. And yeah, Journey into Mystery is actually a, a Journey into Mystery is actually a really good book. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, I, I really get a kick out of Kieran Gillen, and I like his take on the the Marvel on the uh, Norse gods. Uh, yes, I, you know, it's one of those things. I don't know if you guys do this, but when you're when you're reading a book that's just firing so right, don't you? Aren't you just filled with dread because you know that they're going to come along and fuck it up? Yep. <laughs> you know. <they're, laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna, you know, get hijacked. They're gonna give it to another, another talent. They're gonna, you know, pull it into some other crossover thing. There's gonna be another editorial mandate. I, but I just right now, I just want him to leave it the hell alone because it's so good. I will say, even though it's tied into fear itself, it's it's a really, really good book. Well, and um, you're I, one of the nice things about it tying into fear itself is you actually get to see some of the actual stuff that's going on by the bad guy. Because, you know, so much of other fear itself is the bad guy's knocking down a building. Okay, well, you know, he, he, he he's doing all this so he can make us all scared and knock down buildings. This is actually showing that there are some political machinations going on in the background. I like that. That's the way That's the way a crossover and tie-ins ought to work. Agreed. And, it's, but crossed you know over just, it's crossed over just enough not to, feed, not to derail. Yeah, exactly. And I got to say, I, I think you could enjoy this book without actually reading Fear itself. Oh, I agree. Oh, I, I am. Well, yeah. you know, I think the, the the reason why this tie-in works so much better than some of the others is that, you know, Fear itself is really a Norse god Thor event, right? 
know, that's just impacting the rest of the Marvel universe with Loki being so closely linked to Thor. It makes sense for this to roll over and that Loki is going to take some kind of action, whether, you know, good for everybody or just good for him. He's going to take some kind of action. That's why this works. Plus, you've got an excellent writer like Kieran Gillen on board versus last week's The Deep, which really, you know, the Norse gods are taking over Atlantis, you know, when the Norse gods have never, ever expressed any interest in Atlantis ever in the history of ever. You know, I I just blows my mind how bad The Deep was. You know, this book is the Norse god book that we haven't seen in a, in a while, because yeah. I, I love JMS's Thor, I really do, but this ties back to even you know a Walt Simonson kind of Thor. Oh yeah, so mm-hmm. no, it's I'm good really stuff. Liking it. Oh man, could you imagine if Walt Simonson was drawing this title? I would be all about that. Oh yeah, yeah, but you know, you know, we, we talk about that Journey into Mystery is a return to really good Thor stories or really good Norse god stories. Booster Gold. Return to Good Booster Gold Stories. Yes, it is. I love this issue. It's the first time I've seen Doomsday since the death of Superman that it actually felt like Doomsday. I mean, I was concerned early on when he was being mind-controlled by Captain Atom. But <laughs> yeah, because, you know, that's never going to end poorly. <laughs> Yeah, and on that last page when we see a rampaging doomsday heading towards Booster, this is the payoff that goes all the way back to the death of Superman when Booster named him Doomsday, when he beat Booster to the bloody pulp. We're finally seeing that, you know, that rematch. Yeah. I I can't wait to see how they wrap this up. Yeah. It's going to be good. I like that we get to see that Booster uses his brain and can figure stuff out that he's actually kind of a, a detective in his own right. You know, he doesn't have to have Skeets feeding him information all the time. You know, I, I, I hate that we lost Skeets, and I'm, I'm hopeful that Skeets will return because I, I like that dynamic. But I think it's great that Booster is functional without Skeets. Yeah, I think the point of this story, he needed Skeets gone for his interactions with Doomsday. I think it was kind of necessary for the story for him to be on his own and for you to see that, well, yeah, he's from the future. He's he can hack into the Pentagon. Yeah, I thought that was very cool. Yeah. So, uh, Paul, you read this. Yeah. uh, But I got to say my favorite my favorite scene of the book Uh (laughs) is the scene where they show this guy handcuffed to a train track and the train's coming (laughs) and Batman's running away. And he's like, (laughs) he's like, yeah, this Batman's a little darker than ours. (laughs) (laughs) That that was hilarious. (laughs) And uh, that's all I have to say about that. No, it, it, it was a good book. It was a good book. Uh, you know, I, I like how Booster's discovering the world. It's nice because you're getting a little bit more reaction from, you know, there's two DC characters, regular DC Universe characters stuck in the Flashpoint universe, Barry Allen and Booster Gold. And whereas Barry Allen's story has been very centralized, you know, he he's, you know, he he's intent on getting his powers back he's pretty much just interacted with the batman of this world um you know booster girl booster gold is learning more about the world so i think this is you're getting just as much story here if not more than you are in the actual flashpoint title 
and uh, I'm enjoying that. You know, I, I, I think there's a reason that Booster Gold is the only DC Universe title actually tying into Flashpoint, and uh, I think that they're they're doing a good job with it. Yeah, I I enjoyed Booster this month, especially particularly like the front and the end, uh, the middle exposition saga. It, it was okay. I think most most of it already been laid out in Flashpoint one and two, so it wasn't anything that I don't think we already knew. But uh, but it was interesting. But but. The, Mainly, I enjoyed him fighting Doomsday at the front and the back. I, can, I, can I make one complaint? Sure. Okay, so, you know, Booster is fighting Doomsday at, the, Doomsday at the beginning of the book, and Doomsday and Booster, you know, take the fight into, you know, this penthouse apartment. And, you know, they're fighting in the living room. Doomsday hits Booster, and somehow, in the very next panel... Booster has managed to be knocked outside and through the window into somebody's bedroom. And I think what you're supposed to believe is that they knocked in the bedroom, but the way it's drawn, it looks like he flew in through the window. It's a a very disjointed kind of panel there because they're, they're in the living room and then it looks like he's entering this bedroom from outside. I, I I have to say, Uh, I can see that. I can see your complaints there. Um, and I, I think there were some definite, some, you know, going into the negative piece. I think there were some definite choreography issues. Yeah. You know, you see Booster being thrown through a window. He's heading right towards a fireplace that's not in there in the next panel, nor are the yeah. remnants of it. In fact, the living room almost looks entirely different. Um, well, and, and I don't feel like Booster has ever landed a hit on Doomsday that warrants Doomsday's costume to start shredding apart. You know, like. Or I guess it's maybe it's just that the spurs are growing, you know, through the fight. Maybe that's the reason. But you know, it, you're not getting the sense in the artwork that of why the the face mask is shredding. You know, well, I mean, well, they did a nice job of showing why the knuckles shredded because you see that the bone spurs came up, right? Yeah, but if you look at the next panel after those bone spurs, you see him throwing that left. And if you look at the bone spur page, his face is normal. And then after Booster throws that left, then suddenly the green skin is gone. Yeah, the the green material is ripping off in that punch. But if you look at it, the bone spurs are growing out too. Right. So it's and a combination that, of both. And my yeah, complaint yeah. is, as I get that, I understand that because I understand how Doomsday works. But the punch, none of it looks powerful enough to have resulted in you know, spurring that adjustment on Doomsday's part. You know, it's just I just don't think the artwork told the story very well. Well, never mind you know, that uh, Skeets is in there some panels. He's flying in some panels on his own. Um, there's, in fact, when they first get into the living room, Skeets is actually flying. Right. Um, you know, he and then in the next panel, he's under. You know, they they show Skeets is gone. In the next panel, he's under his arm. He's back again. He's gone again. Yeah. I think there are just some art choreography issues there. Yeah. Uh, I don't see anywhere where it looks like Skeets is flying. He's always in Booster's hand. Um, no, there's the, the scene, scene where in the, yeah, that's it's in his hand. This is uh, that's oh yeah, you're right. Those are it's on the far side. You're right. That's true. Okay, yeah, I see that. But then there's a coloring issue because it looks like Skeets has his boosters going. You know, his little rocket thing going in the back. Yeah, there's it a looks coloring like he's issue flying. there, but 
he's definitely being held. My one complaint is this stupid Super 8 thing that's in the middle of all the DC books the last <laughs> I almost didn't pick up some of the Flashpoint tie-ins last week because I opened it up, I flipped through it, and I see this in the middle, and I'm like, God, this is horrible artwork. What is even going on here? This makes no sense. And I put stuff back on the shelf. Then I went home and I started flipping, started reading my books, and I saw, oh, there's a Super 8 thing in the middle of every DC book. And I had to go back and pick up some more titles that I I wasn't getting otherwise because I flipped open and saw this garbage. Well, no, let's be fair. The Super 8 hotel chain is really trying hard to get people to go to their movie coming out this <laughs> week. So you've got to give them props for at least trying. Well, I thought I thought Booster Gold was a lot of fun. Like Wayne, I'm really looking forward to the next issue to see how he handles the savage might of Doomsday. I'm going to say he runs. Yeah, run. Yeah, that's my that's my advice. But, you know, that's not the only Flashpoint title this week. We also had Emperor Aquaman, number one. Yes. In fact, I, I got to say, Emperor Aquaman, for me, was my favorite Flashpoint tie-in of the week. Agreed. I, I, I dug this book. I really dug this book. It was good. You know, it, it told us a little bit more about what's going on over in Europe than we previously had, you know, and why things happened the way they happened. And, you know, Aquaman's kind of a badass. And I'm honestly more in the, in this alternate world or you know, alternate reality, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm much more interested in the whole Europe Wonder Woman versus Aquaman battle than I am in, you know, Barry Allen trying to get his powers back. Now, did you get your Aquaman pin? No, my store didn't have them. Okay, well, did you at least get your Deathstroke pen? No, my store didn't have them. Wow, okay. Um, did you get your Booster Gold pen? There was a Booster Gold pen? No, but I was just saying if maybe you got that one. <laughs> no, so you know what? <laughs> when I went in, so I went in about 30 minutes after the store opened. There was exactly one copy of Booster Gold on the shelf. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I'm sorry. My but, store didn't have the the flash rings when Flashpoint came out. I ended up buying the ring from another store. You had to buy the ring? Because yep, you didn't because, buy the book. Because I didn't buy the book. I bought the book from my regular store, but they didn't have the rings. When I went to the other store, they had the rings, so I ended up buying the ring separately. Yeah, I like that I can go to work at TGI Fridays now and I'll have some flair. <laughs> Flashpoint flare. <laughs> so no, I but going back to Aquaman, there wasn't there wasn't a ton of action in it, but I really liked how they kind of laid out the Machiavellian politics that have been going on that led up to uh, Aquaman sinking, you know, Western Europe. Well, and you know, you, you say there's not a lot of action in it, and just to contrast between Emperor Aquaman versus Booster Gold, uh the artwork's a lot more dynamic and has a lot more energy on the page and t- and visually tells a stronger story than the Booster Gold artwork did, I think. And, uh, and, and the action that does happen in Aquaman is of a much grander scale yeah. than, than what you saw between Booster and, and Doomsday. But yeah, uh, yeah I, loved, I loved this book. I gotta say, um, the art on this book by Artie and Saif, this dude, I mean, I haven't. I'm not too familiar with his work. He's very much like a like an Adam Kubert, Andy Kubert yeah. art style. Yeah. I mean, very much so. Um, but I love the fact that Aquaman is just such an irredeemable asshole in the Flashpoint <laughs> universe. This is like the coolest Aquaman I've ever seen. 
you know, hey, I'm just going to sink Rome for the heck of it. And what, what I like about it is that you're hearing about, you know, you're getting some different perspectives. And so, you know, maybe everything's not as black and white as it looks. Because it certainly does look on the surface that Aquaman just completely overreacted to events, you know. And, and so I'm, I'm real curious to see, is he as bad of a character as uh, – as it looks, or you know, were there extenuating circumstances that warranted him wiping out the entirety of Europe? I mean, because you know, <laughs> really, it's just some Euro trash, man. <laughs> it's just the Vatican. <laughs> so I mean, so, so I have a question from you, much more wise DC folks. The president of Markovia—that—that's what Geoforce. Yes. Yes. Who's his daughter? Uh, sister. Sister, and that's uh, Tara. Tara, she she's Teen Titans. Tara, right? She's the one who betrayed the Teen Titans back in uh, uh, the original run with yeah Jude, the, the original Judas contract. Yeah, the original Teen Titans, new Teen Titans run with Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Okay, gotcha. But uh, I, yeah, I, I I really did enjoy the book. I enjoyed you know hearing about. Aquaman's wedding to Wonder Woman and, you know, all the, the, the crazy hijinks that ensued thereafter. Um, I liked that, you know, when, okay, yeah, we'll come meet with you. And then an old assassin squad is sent. Um, I, I, I dug it. I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying all of the politics in it. I'm enjoying, you know, layers within layers. Um, kind of digging that. Well, and it's gotten me really excited for next week's, uh, Wonder Woman flashpoint series. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm, and th- this is the book that leads me to pick up the Wonder Woman book. So I wasn't going to get it, but now I'm intrigued enough to see what's going on over there because I want to yeah. see what Wonder Woman's perspective is. Because you know she could be just as messed up as Aquaman is, and wouldn't that be awesome? I have a feeling she will be. And yeah. Yes, yeah, it'll be it'll be good. Because didn't she wipe out? Didn't they say you know she took over the United Kingdom and killed every man in the well, United he, Kingdom? Had to yep. be done. Had to be done. <laughs> Well, there, you, you know, can't she didn't, have just the mastery of new the, the mascara without killing all the males. Yeah, well, and point. to be fair, there wasn't just killing; there, there were concentration camps too. Um, yeah, well, that, I mean, where they assembled them <laughs> for their own protection. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, we really liked Booster Gold. We really liked Emperor Aquaman. Certainly, another Flashpoint book, Deathstroke. It it must have been good too, right? Right, Paul. I hated this book. I loved this book. <laughs> Seriously. I did. I loved this book. I loved Deathstroke as a pirate. I thought this book was great. I love that they're running around on these, you know, freighter ships and they're they're they they're pirate ships. I loved that, you know, you got uh, you know, Morgan from the Warlord series uh out here in the D- in the real DC universe. I I thoroughly enjoyed this book. I like that, you know, Clayface is his first mate. I uh, I I just I dug this book. This book is cool. And I fight. Just, <laughs> I, I just couldn't get into it. I I had to. I put this book down three times. I oh. could not get into it. I completely dug it. I love the artwork. I love the story. Love the writing. Um, I, I hate that when Flashpoint is over, we won't have Deathstroke Pirate anymore. That's how much I liked this book. Wow. I, mean, I really did dig it. Well, you know, I don't know if we're gonna have Deathstroke Pirate come issue two because he got all stabbied by uh, aquaman yeah yeah you know i don't i i I love how when when they see that they've uh 
that they can be seen by Aquaman as they're you know sailing into you know Aquaman territory, which you know excuse me isn't all water Aquaman's territory, but uh, <laughs> they, they sail into view of his uh, little you know uh, watchtower and they're like oh crap you know really not ready for this and of course you're really not ready for it because you know stabbied yeah yeah uh, this yeah this book ends where Aquaman or I mean where Flashpoint two begins yeah so I hope issue two of deathstroke well i mean i don't really care because i'm not picking up issue two of deathstroke yes, you are. but for your sake i hope issue two <laughs> of deathstroke is not ruined by issue three of flashpoint because i think that'll probably be out first yeah. well, i dug it i really did enjoy this book i have a question of clarification yes of you two from reading flashpoint two it seemed to me like deathstroke is not quite as highly powered as he is in the main dc universe is that is that true you know it's hard to say you know Usually in the DC universe, you see him just kind of taking apart all the heroes. Um, we see him being a pretty big badass out here on the open seas, but you know he's fighting other badasses. He's fighting other guys who are you know. Um, but you're not seeing that he's just taking down the entire crew, which I think you would see in the standard DC universe, like he did in Identity Crisis. Exactly. So yeah. you know it. Uh, you know maybe we just haven't seen enough yet. You know. Um, but I expect that we're going to see him making a big comeback now that he's you know gotten all stabbied by uh, you know Aquaman. Yeah, next issue you'll find out if he has the same healing factor he does in the regular exactly. world. Exactly. But yeah, I thought this book was very entertaining. So there you go. Highly recommended. Paul's a douchebag. It's too bad Destro couldn't just fly away. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, I know that we talked about uh, Fly One uh, a couple months ago because uh, we we previewed it, and uh, uh, well, Wayne and Paul previewed it, and I had a chance to pick it up this week because it came out. Um, this is a Xenoscope book by Raven Gregory and Interior Arts by a person named Eric J. Um, I know, I, I you know, the opinion that was given then was that this was a this was a a fun book. It was an interesting look at drug addiction because the drug that is featured in this book is one that gives people superpowers. And um, I had a chance to to read it with fresh eyes because I didn't I didn't read the preview copy, and uh, I just wanted to say I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, from reading the preview, the, this book was so amazing that I bought it. This week, I actually paid money to buy the physical copy because I wanted to speak with my, you know, with my wallet in this case. I really enjoyed the previews of this to the point that I want to make sure that, you know, that this book sticks around for a while. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I kind of the the one thing that I I wasn't sure about until I reread it the second time was they've got different. The different art styles for d different time periods. So, like, you know, when it's in the present tense, everything's a little bit darker. Um, but, you know, when they when when uh, the main character flashes back, it's all you know, kind of happy. You know, you know, a little bit less carefree art. So, I, I wasn't sure I liked that at first, but uh, rereading it it, 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 I think it fits. So. Yeah, it really reminds me of my super ex-girlfriend with drug addiction. Yes, <laughs> very, very much so. That's very much what this what this book is is like. And um, yeah, no, that that chick is crazy. <laughs> that, chick, 
She took his car and wrapped it around the top of a utility pole. That's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's all I really want, uh, wanted to say because, like I said, I know everybody is, uh, you know, given – uh, is you know other people have given their opinion. I just wanted to uh, have a chance to talk about it while it's out. So I I would recommend it, and I know Wayne and Paul felt the same way when they read it. So, um, I think the real question everyone wants to know, though, Tim, or the answer everyone wants, is did we agree on Batman and Robin number twenty four? Oh God, um, tell me, please! I can't wait to hear the answer to this. I think that whatever whatever happened to the artist between issues one and two, I, I don't know if, if he had personal problems, but this art sucks. Yeah. Uh, well, and let me I, – I think I know what happened to the artist. Okay. And I meant to mention this earlier when we were talking about the, the DC reboot. Supposedly, it came down on high that if you didn't have three issues – completed fully completed by the time of the announcement you you weren't included in the dc relaunch and so and i know the artist um on the first book guillaume march is uh the artist on the new catwoman series so i have a feeling that everyone was you know it was kind of like all hands on deck and that's why we got phil and artist greg Tacchini on uh the second part of this storyline well, I know why he's a villain. Yeah, it's, I um, I, yeah, his art was definitely not as successful as the art in the last issue. But what do you think about the story? Um, well, I thought the story was okay. I, I was, I mean, it's it's pretty, you know, standard fare. Uh, you know that Batman and Robin are gonna, you know, work with Red Hood to try to save somebody. Um, you know, so we, we it's it's kind of sad because all of the cover art has been them fighting the Red Hood, and that yeah. hasn't happened once. <laughs> and it's kind of lame. Like I would have liked to have seen them throw down a bit and then maybe come to come to that that point, but no, they're gonna fight the the furry squad together, and then oh, we gotta go save this other person before like one punch is thrown. Like I wanted to see Jason Todd and Damian Wayne and Dick Grayson have a throw down. And I didn't, I haven't gotten it and I don't think I'm going to get it. Well, not and if I book. do get it, it's going to look like hot mess. So, <laughs> well, it would, it did happen previously in Batman and Robin, uh, during, I think like, uh, I don't know, issues four or five and six or something like that. I don't know. I, this storyline is really weak. Especially after the last storyline by Pete Tomasi and Patrick Leeson that we really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. This one, I just, this storyline's just not clicking with me. And I know there's only, I think, one more issue in the storyline. I just, you know, the art's not good. The story's just kind of mediocre. It, this is just, it, it isn't clicking with me. No, I could totally see not picking it up till the relaunch again. But just based on the fact that if they're going to slap dash it together. And it's gonna it's gonna be a poor quality, and then yeah, I could definitely see putting it aside. Yeah, because there's only two more issues, you know. And in the relaunch, it's by Patrick Leeson and Pete Tomasi. Um, you know, the next issue you've got Judd Winnick and Greg Tacchini again, and then issue 26 is a one-shot issue by David Hine, 
and Greg Ticini. And so it's like, eh, do I have to deal with this R for three issues? I mean, it just it's it does feel like fill in rather than, you know, this title is such a quality title. I'm just I'm a little sad to see it, you know, the first volume or whatever end on a a kind of a sour note. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like we talked about the reboot, we are going to see Damian Wayne come the breaking of the dawn in September, so. You know, it's gonna be one of my two books. I'll be very happy. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad he's still around. Me too. I'll be avoiding Batman and Robin because he's still around. <laughs> Wayne, your hatred for Damian Wayne is a mystery to me. That was a whole lot of podcast, boys and girls. It really was, and you know, we didn't even include Andrew and Wayne's argument as to whether magic or fire were more prevalent in the DC universe. <laughs> fire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was reserved for the chat room. That's going to be uh, an FBU episode. <laughs> so you can be part of Big Episode 100. You know, uh, you can uh, ask a question on the Funny Books hotline by dialing 972-763-5903 and leaving us your message. You can, you know, like I said, ask us a question or you can give us a show topic. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, all various types of items in that show. So you can give us one of your own banter topics. And you can also, in the body of the this uh, podcast blog post thing. <laughs> Leave your comments with your suggestions for discussion topics in big episode 100. And for everybody's uh, suggestion that we use, you'll win a big time ideology of madness uh, gift bag, which will contain something along the lines of fear itself, the deep. <laughs> Power Man and Iron Fist, one through five. Richie Rich, number one. That's right. <laughs> so please Freaks. join the fun. Wait, what was that number again? I forgot the number. It was nine seven two seven six three five nine zero three. And thus ends our ninety ninth episode of Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. It wasn't like giving birth, but it was definitely a long process. <laughs> the I podcast didn't... made so Aaron and Paul could get rid of crappy books they bought. <laughs> We give away some good stuff. Yeah, we did once. Yeah. <laughs> once. <laughs> when we buy it in trade. <laughs> okay, and, oh, one little reminder. If you oh. haven't listened to it yet, download Knights of Rainsboro issue 0. 0.5. And this Friday starts issue one of the actual play. Awesome. For reals. Woo! Woo! An actual play right before issue 100, boys and girls. That's, wow. That's sexy. That's an awesome weekend. Right that really is. That's right. All right. Well, good show, guys. Right, everybody, take it easy. See ya. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. <laughs>